at a couple texts tonight. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Praise the Lord. And uh, you all can bring the pulpit back down. I might need it down there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57. Thank you, Lord. Notice this with me. It says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So victory is a gift. It's something that's given. It's something that is continuously given. Okay? Because we have continuous roadblocks or because we have continuous things that stand in our way, then God says, look, I have continuously already given you the victory. So thank me ahead of time for everything that you need and it'll come to pass. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, notice this with me. It says, but thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. He says, now give me thanks because I will always cause you to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. I like that. I love that, don't you? Do you know that you can thank your way out of poverty into plenty? You can thank your way out of sickness right into divine health. You can thank your way in a test right through the test to a place of peace and rest. You can thank your way through anything that you face because the grace of God is there to lift you and to bless you and to propel you and to enable you to always triumph. Amen. Now, also, did you know that you can complain your way? You can complain your way out of freedom into bondage. You can complain your way out of peace right into depression. Moaning and groaning and complaining opens a door to the enemy. And what we are not thankful for, we are in danger of losing. You know, I thank God for my wife, Brenda. I cannot picture my life without my wife. Are you listening to me? And you know, it would pay us rich dividends. Because sometimes husbands don't treat their wives well. And wives don't really treat their husbands well. Mothers and sons and, you know, you just think about it. Employees and employers. But where your family is concerned, stop thinking about what you don't have and thank God for what you do have. And ask yourself this question. If this person were not in my life, where would I be? Amen? Amen. And so I believe that God would have us to be gracious to one another. Some of the most gracious words are spoken at funerals. But why do we wait for a funeral? To speak highly of a brother. To speak highly of a sister. Why do we think, why do we wait until someone's on their deathbed to speak gracious words to them. Why not speak words of grace to one another daily? Get yourself into training to speak words of grace 
and be gracious to the people that are around you. God has put people in your life, not for you to misuse, not for you to abuse, but he's put people in your life in order for you to be a blessing to them and to lift them and to encourage them. You see, what we are not thankful for, we're in danger of losing. But if that is true, the opposite also must be true. What we are thankful for, on a consistent basis, we are in danger of having increase. Amen? Don't ever speak disparagingly about your church. Don't ever speak disparagingly about the leadership in the church. Not just about this leader. Amen. Because when we complain, we open a door to the destroyer. Just like the children of Israel did. But whatever we are thankful for, and when we cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving, we are in position To have increase happen all around our lives. Amen. And so we are in training as a church to be thankful. We are I'm thanking God for the lights tonight. I'm thanking God for the people on the platform. I'm thanking God for everybody that is here. I'm not bummed out about those who aren't here. I'm not looking at empty chairs. I'm looking at people that are filling the chairs that they fill. Be thankful. Be gracious. It is the will of God. And it is the plan of God. Can you say amen? Amen. There are people that have millions and millions of dollars that still grumble. I mean, they're, they're so rich, they could have anything and everything they want. But they're always going to find something to grumble about. Because money doesn't satisfy the longing soul. And then you can see a person that doesn't even have a bed. But sleeps on a dirt floor. And smiles all day long. A big smile on their face. Out there in the sunshine. Enjoying family. Enjoying friends. Enjoying relationships. I am not making a case tonight for poverty. What I am making a case tonight for is gratitude. Don't grumble to me. Don't complain to me about the United States of America. It's not perfect, but it's the best nation in this world. There is no sense of us spending our time groaning and moaning and complaining when we can be thanking and praising and shouting. I'll guarantee you this. A thankful person is a humble person. And a humble person is positioned for more grace. And if you will notice in the Word of God that grace and favor are so connected with thanksgiving. Grace and favor are so connected with a humble heart. No matter how bad your surroundings may be, you can be thankful. It is a choice of your heart 
It is something that you can train yourself to do. It is a question of what are you looking at? In Luke chapter 11, verse 34, the master said something very important. He said, the light of the body is the eye. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, your whole body shall be full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body is full of darkness. Now notice this with me. A single-minded person is a thankful person because they are single-minded about their covenant with God. A person's eye who is duo or who is double is unstable in all of his ways. You know, when you think about Peter, when he was walking on the water in Matthew chapter 14, he came out of that boat by the master simply saying one word. And that one word was come. And as long as Peter stayed single-minded, his body was helped up. As long as he acted upon the covenant word, come, he could stay afloat. But the moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he looked at the waves, and he started observing the wind, and started observing all of his surroundings, he began, the Bible said, to sink. And that is exactly how it is in our lives. If we will but keep our eyes single by looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Yes, there's wind. Yes, there's storms. But if we will dedicate ourselves to be single-minded and not moved by the distractions around us, I submit to you tonight that we will walk on the water, that we will walk on sickness and disease, we will walk on top of poverty, we will walk on top of recession, and we'll make it all the way to Jesus. But it takes a dedication And it takes a decision. And one of the things that will keep you afloat in a world, quite frankly, that is sinking is a spirit of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. I've never done this before. But I'm thinking that you're upholding me. That you uphold all things by the word of your power. I thank you that my eyes are not on this and not on that. But my eyes are on you. I thank you, Lord, that you are El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. And you may just have been laid off. And the bills might be stacking. But what good is it going to do to observe the wind? And observe the waves? And become fearful by bill collectors? You can live a life of being covenant-minded. I'm not talking about being irresponsible where your responsibilities are concerned. But the responsibility of the believer, the main one, is to respond to the ability that he gave us on the inside of us. And one of the number one abilities that he gave you and he gave me, he's he gave us the spirit of faith. And I thank God for Colossians chapter 1. And in verse 12 and in verse 13, it says, giving thanks unto the Father. Giving thanks unto the Father. 
which has made us able, which has made us meet. That's an old English word which means able. So we give thanks to God because He's given us an ability. I want you to know, dear saint, you've got ability down on the inside of you. God has put ability for you to believe Him. God has put faith on the inside of you so that you can receive from Him. And He's made us able to, to do what? To barely get by? To just eke out and squeak out a living? No, thank God you're a child of the King. And He's placed supernatural ability on the inside of you so that you can partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. Oh, friends, there's an inheritance in heaven, but there's also an inheritance here on earth. I said there's an inheritance here on earth. And it takes ability to receive. And you have been given the ability of God. The Bible says that He's given you the power, the ability to obtain wealth. And in verse 13, it says, He has delivered you from the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of His dear Son. Someone would say to me, but pastor, I'm not able to stop drinking. I'm not able to stop smoking. I'm not able to stop sleeping around. Yes, if you're talking about your natural ability. But I'm talking about a super on your natural. Giving you supernatural ability over the power of alcohol. The power of drugs. The power of lust. Amen. Supernatural God. Giving His people supernatural ability. And I'm telling you tonight, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. How about you? I'm thanking God that I'm delivered from smoking. Amen. Haven't had a cigarette. I can't how many. I can't remember how many years. I thank God I'm delivered from Budweiser. They ought to name it Dumbweiser. Thank God I'm delivered from marijuana. Stop the excuses and start praising. Stop the moaning, the groaning, the complaining. Well, I wouldn't have gone out and done that if this hadn't happened. Let all of that go and get tied up, tangled up with Jesus and start giving God the praise and He will set you free. In verse 13 it says, Who has delivered us? He's not going to. I want you to know that your deliverance has been bought and paid for. I am not going to be delivered from this or that. I've already been. And you know what? So have you. So have you. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness. And he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. Well, I'm preaching myself happy tonight. So I got a question for you tonight. Does it matter what we look at? Does it matter what we look at? Now you can tell what you're looking at if you will listen carefully to the words that come out of your mouth. You know, if we could have recorders hooked up up to us all day long and play all the words that we spoke at the end of the day, we'd want to pray for nullification. What are we looking at? See, to be carnally minded produces death. A carnal mind is an unthankful person. Because their mind and their thoughts are directed only to what's going on in the fleshly realm. But now, he says to be spiritually minded, what does it produce? It produces life 
and it produces peace. That lines up with Luke 11. It says, if thy eye be single, thy whole body is going to be full of light. Hallelujah. Full of life. Full of joy. Amen. Amen, amen. So train yourself to be a faith responder. Train yourself to live over in the faith mode. When you feel weak, talk strength. Thank you, Lord. I'm strong. Something comes up that in the natural realm could be very devastating. Thank Him for the victory. He's given you the victory, but thank Him for the manifestation of that victory. Some sort of situation comes up that maybe you're a little confused about and you don't know exactly what to do up here. Start thanking Him for the wisdom of God. Oh, Father, I thank you for wisdom. You know, He said in His Word, if any man ask for wisdom, God will give it to him. So, when things come your way, go into the faith mode. Go into the thankful mode. You see... We can react in every situation with thanksgiving. Amen. I love it, don't you? Now, I want to uh, show you a couple things. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 8 through 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The flesh wants to feel sorry for itself. You know that old song, nobody's seen the trouble I've seen? Well, that's incorrect. Because there is nothing taking you, but such as is common to man. Amen. Amen. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, now the Apostle Paul was something else. He said, we are troubled on every side. In other words, troubles come, yet in the midst of trouble, we're not distressed. Is it possible not to go into great stress when trouble comes to your home? What makes it possible is a spirit of praise, a spirit of thanksgiving. He said, we are perplexed. I'll be honest with you. I have faced a lot of situations that in the natural realm, my head went tilt. How about you? I just didn't know exactly what to do. Yeah, there's some things that come our way in life. They're perplexing, but we're not getting depressed over it. But we're not in despair. You see, that's what the devil wants. He wants to push you with his pressure and then bring you down further. But I have found that the anointing will lift you. And I have discovered that praise will lighten your load. And that a spirit of thanksgiving will open prison doors. Amen. Now notice the next verse. It says in verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken. Has everyone, anyone ever been persecuted before? Now we don't know what persecution is like really in this country like they know in other countries. But perhaps you've been persecuted a little by some in-laws and outlaws. Perhaps some people have given you some difficulties and some troubles about being a Bible thumper. Or made some jokes, you know, about you being one of those tongue talkers. You know, that's a, that's a lightweight persecution, is it not? 
But you just keep speaking in tongues. You just keep staying in your in the word. You just keep laying hands on the sick. So notice what Paul said. Yeah, we, we face some persecution. I think Paul knew what it was like to be persecuted. But he says, you know what? We're not getting this attitude of no one knows the trouble I've seen. But my attitude is this. I'll never be forsaken because he never leaves me nor forsakes me. And I'm thanking God that he is right there in the storm with me. I'm thanking God that he's right in there with me in the test. Amen. And then he says, we're cast down, but not destroyed. Has anyone ever been knocked down before? Amen. We've all been knocked down before. One translation says, we've been knocked down, but we're never knocked out. And that's the attitude you got to have. That's the spirit of faith. I have been knocked down. But by the grace of almighty God, I'll never be knocked out. Because I'm getting back up on my feet. And the spirit of the anointing and the spirit of resurrection power will lift you up out of death-filled situations and will cause you to triumph in your life. Amen and amen. Glory to God. And so... What I'm saying to you tonight is this, is the grace of God will increase on our lives the more thankful that we are. Let's look at a few scriptures concerning that in closing. Look with me at uh, Acts chapter 4 verse 32. We're not distressed. We sailed through it. We're not depressed. We didn't get down. We kept our joy. We thank God day in, day in and day out. Amen. We got knocked down, but we didn't get knocked out. We're over here in the winner's circle. I wish I could get some of you folks convinced of that. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, I'm just going to keep preaching. I'm just going to keep preaching the word. Glory to God. And I believe it's going to fall on good, rich soil. I wish I could get you convinced that this will change your life. I'm not just up here wasting time. I'm up here telling you what I know to be true. And what I know to be true has set me free. And if it'll set me free, it'll set you free. But not only that, it will keep you free. See, the Bible tells us in the Word of God to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We need to be very keenly aware of those things that we have been set free from. And we need to be very aware of those things that have entangled us in the past. Because as sure those things that have entangled you in the past that you have victory over today will come knocking on your door in the near future. It's the truth. And that's why he says there must be a stand taken. And this stand that we stand in is the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. And then he says, now look, don't allow yourself to be entangled again with that spirit of worry. Don't allow yourself to be entangled again with that spirit of lust. Don't allow yourself to act on the triggers That the enemy brings to the door of your soul and act on them. 
but rather stand fast in the liberty. You know, sometimes to stay free and to stay liberated, we have to cut certain things off. We have to cut certain places we've been off. And sometimes we have to cut off certain relationships. Because certain people are given to the spirit of this world. And no matter how funny they are, and no matter how good time of a Charlie they are, the truth of the matter is, if they don't get saved, they're going to hell. And you don't want to go there with them. That's why it's important for you and I to come out from among them. Come out from among those that are entangled with the yokes of bondage. Come out from among the spirit of this age and the spirit of this world. How can I overcome the pull of the world and the pull of the spirit of this world? The way that you overcome the spirit of this world and the spirit of this age is by turning your back on it and moving in your direction toward Jesus every day of your life. Don't look back. There's no man that has put his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Listen, friends, there are certain things that I have been delivered from that I'm not looking back at. I'm not looking longingly back at Egypt, at the garlic and the leeks and how good it was like the children of Israel did. They got in trouble. And they were overthrown in the wilderness because they looked back. Saints, this is not a time to look back. This is a time to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is a day for us to move forward. Not three steps forward and five steps back. Not one day up and one day down. But steadfast, standing strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. This is a day... For Christians to be sold out completely, a hundred percent ready to go, ready to move with God. Can you hear, can you say amen? amen? Acts chapter four, verse 32. Notice that great grace was upon the church. Acts four, 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Sounds like agreement. What would it be like if Heart of the Bay Christian Center was one heart and one soul? What would it be like? Now, I'm talking mostly about Sunday morning. What would it be like on Sunday morning if everyone was in one accord? If everyone was ready to receive from the Lord? If everyone would lift up their voice and lift up their hearts before God. Telling you folks, there'd be so much glory in this place. There'd be so many miracles flowing in this place that people would come from all over the place. But instead of that, very oftentimes there's a resistance in the realm of the Spirit. There's a resistance. The Lord was talking to me recently about religious reasoning. Resists the power of God. Religious reasoning will always resist the power of God. But a revelation of the benevolence of God 
and a reverence for the things of God and for the Spirit of God will always receive from Him. When you really take a very close look at the revivals that are happening in the world today, in the natural realm, it's not happening in America. But I'm thanking God that it is. Are you listening to me? I'm praising God for revival in America. I'm thanking the Lord. But if you will look at real revivals that are happening around the world, you look at Seoul, Korea. You will look at Nigeria. You will look in Africa. And you will see an absolute hunger for the things of God. I'll never forget going into Dr. Cho's church in 1987. Brenda and I took a trip to Seoul, Korea. And it was a Wednesday afternoon. And the service was about to begin. And I believe that Pastor Dick Brunell from Jubilee was there. And he was going to speak at that Wednesday afternoon service. We were all over there. We walked in to that sanctuary and there were about 25,000 believers on their face crying out to God for a move of God. It sounded like a roar and a thunder of prayer. It was awesome and a privilege to be in a place where there was such hunger. Recently, we looked at Pastor Hagen, who's going to be here in October. Pastor Hagen is carrying the torch of revival that his dad lit in the Rama family. And there is a move of the Spirit in America. And it's going to get greater and greater. But there are some Gomer piles that are not doing their part. And I saw on the Rama website recently, he was just down in Nigeria. How many of you remember Tunji? Tunji is a part of our church. We have a lot, have had a lot of Nigerians come to Heart of the Bay Christian Center over the years because they work for Chevron. And these are very, very educated, very, very, very knowledgeable, very intelligent uh, men and women of God. And they've been in our church for a number of years. And then after a period of time, they, they have to go back to Nigeria or like Chi. And I call him Chi because I can't pronounce his name. But Chi just had to go over to Australia and so he's stationed over there. But we got a text from Tunji one night. When Pastor Hagen and Miss Lynette were there. And he says, I'm looking at Pastor Hagen right now in my home church. Now let me tell you what their home church looks like. Their home church is a mile long building. And a half mile wide. No empty chairs. 
And they have a Friday night prayer meeting every week where about a million people literally (laughs) show up for prayer. A mile long, a half mile wide. And I was looking at this video that they took and, and people were dancing and they were rejoicing and they weren't inhibited by the fact that they were rejoicing. They weren't looking at each other trying to act cool. No, they were over there in the presence of God. They are experiencing revival because of the hunger of the people. F.F. Bosworth said in his book, Christ the Healer, and I don't know whether or not it is still in the current book, but it was in the older book. Brother Hagin said he wore out four copies of F.F. Bosworth's book, Christ the Healer, when it was hard copy, because he'd read it so much. It's difficult to wear out a hardcover book. And uh, in his book, F.F. Bosworth said, you see, because in the 40s and in the 50s, there was a great revival of healing in America. And he said, but one of the hindrances for miracles and one of the hindrances for the supernatural healings was community unbelief. Community unbelief. Such a religious spirit and a religious attitude that the religiosity reasoned away and resisted the power of God. Now, in the day of Christ, the Bible says, he could there do no mighty miracles except that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. The reason why they couldn't receive from him is because they had their eyes off of who he was spiritually and they put their eyes on who he was naturally. Is this not Joseph, the carpenter? You know, isn't, isn't Joseph his dad? Isn't this the carpenter's son? So there was a resistance to the things of God. And I'm telling you, saints, in this season of prayer, we need to get busy. And we need more people on deck. We need more people to come front and center. Now, I know one thing for sure that will happen. That, and I've seen it happen so many times over the course of my life and my ministry. And Brenda can attest to this. When there is a spirit of prayer in a congregation, and when there is a spirit of thanksgiving in a congregation, and when it's flowing real, real strong, even though there's still resistance out there, the spirit of glory swallows it up. I said the spirit of glory swallows it up. The spirit of praise swallows it up. Amen. And so I'm expecting that to happen. I'm expecting the grace of God to come upon our church so strong in these last days, glory to God, that people will just have to go out of their way not to be healed. The people will literally have to go out of their way not to be saved. You know what, saints? We're not there yet. But we're getting there. I said we're getting there. And great grace will come upon the whole church as every person takes their place their place of grace, and their place of glory. I could teach you another hour. I'm just getting started, really. But we've run out of time. So let's just thank God right now. Let's all stand up and let's just thank God for the revival.
Oh, Father, thank you. Lord, we're hungry. If you're not hungry, just admit it and ask the Lord to help you to be hungry. Glory to God. Lord, we ask you to make us hungry still. Hungrier, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, looking away unto all that would distract unto me. For in Him are all the answers. In Christ are all the answers. So, Father, we look away from anything and everything. And we lift our voice and we choose to give thanks, Lord. We choose to rejoice in what you have done already. And what you are doing. And what you will continue to do here in our midst. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. And amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say this with me. Devil, we take authority over you. And we tell you that you are a defeated foe. We command and demand you take your hands off the political arena, off the social arena, and off the economic arena in this nation. We bind up religious spirits, spirits that resist the power of God. And we loose now the power of God and the will of God into the political, into the social, into the economic area, and into the local churches. Father, we thank you. For turning things around in this nation, we pray that unrighteous laws would be overturned and that righteous laws would be upheld. We believe and we declare that a spirit of revival is moving in our nation and that the outpouring of the spirit is reigning upon this country. And Father, we are asking for your word, for the manifestation of your presence and the gifts of the Spirit to have free course in the Bay Area. We thank you, Father, for a spirit of liberty and a spirit of freedom. And Lord, we want to give you praise. For our workers in CIA on Wednesday night and Sunday night. And Lord, we furthermore want to thank you for a spirit of revival in this church. We will not resist the power of God. We will not reason away miracles. Because we've got a revelation of the goodness of God. And we reverence the move of God. Therefore we receive. Say with me, I believe that I receive. This is my receiving night. This is my receiving church. Now let's thank Him for it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.